0: Friendly Atheist Dad. I hope you're having a great day and welcome to the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. My name is Damien and it is my absolute pleasure to have on the line with me Timothy McCabe timothy how are you
1: i am doing all right how are you today
0: damien good i've i've had my sleeping i've had my coffee i've had my eggs on toast so i'm uh, i'm raring to go the, the only thing i'm not <laughs> is out of my pajamas I'm, I'm still in my pajamas on 11 o'clock on a friday morning so yeah i'll uh, do something later on today but tim um i've known you on twitter um you and i have we've come across each other um we are obviously on opposite sides of the theological fence and one of the things that uh, caught my eye about you was uh, your particular epistemology and theology, which, um, you know, I, I wouldn't call it standard. But then again, that's uh, that normal is a setting on a washing machine. Um, and yeah, so there are some things that, you know, I, I see that your theology kind of lines up with the presuppositional uh, apologetics. But Tim, I'm going to let you explain your theology in your own words.
1: Okay, sure. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, Tim McCabe, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at McCabe Timothy, uh, all one word. And um, <clears throat> I also have um, two websites that I that I kind of run, presuppositions.org and yep. godcontention.org. Uh,
0: I was going, I was going to ask what the the, the what the uh, the connection was between the two. I see I see one links to the other quite quite regularly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, presuppositions.org uh links to godcontention.org all over the place. And yep. there are a few places where, where the opposite is also true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so,
0: hey, is there a particular reason why? Like, why, uh, why well one is one put put all into one one big site and
1: call yeah, it up. That's a great question. Um, oh dear, I've got a phone call. I wasn't expecting that. Hang on a second here. That's all right. Okay. Um let me mute that. Uh, So I originally um, started off with the God Contention website. And the the point of that website was to um, offer a place where anybody could ask a question and it would be answered by multiple worldviews. So the idea was, you know, a random Joe Schmo would ask a question like, what is the meaning of life? And then there would be an answer from a Christian perspective, an atheist perspective, a Muslim perspective, a Hindu perspective. And they would all be answering the same question. That was the original idea behind the God Contention website. Yep. So it has contributions from uh, various different uh, um, worldviews. Uh, and they're not, they're not all written by me. It is my website that I, that I uh, pay for and, and designed and developed. Um, but Richard Carrier has contributed to it from the atheist perspective, and yep. uh, a variety of other contributors. No, I did. I did um, see
0: his name on the uh, on, on the website. Now, if I could, if I can ask, did he actually directly contribute to the website, or did you lift from him?
1: No, he actually directly contributed to
0: it. Okay. Oh, good, good.
1: Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, uh, you're not going to find the things that he wrote there exactly anywhere else. No, no, no. I that's don't, uh... I don't know that for sure because I haven't googled, but. <laughs> um, yeah, he contributed for several years uh he stopped contributing uh, a few years ago uh, i think right around the time of his divorce but anyway um then uh i wanted to do some other stuff that didn't have to do with answering questions um per se that, that was more just like kind of me putting my thoughts out there in a way that was uh yep. coordinated differently than answering questions sure so i i came up with a different website presuppositions.org which is really mm-hmm. more just tim mccabe's thoughts okay um yeah, so that's the the two websites have oh, okay. totally no, different. Okay, no, fair enough. Anyway, yeah,
0: but but they're both dedicated to uh, promoting the Christian world the Christian worldview on on things.
1: Well, um, from my perspective, they are both dedicated to that. But the God Contention website, um, from many people's perspectives, wouldn't appear to be dedicated to that, since it's just uh, various different worldviews answering questions. Mm-hmm.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So um if we go through presuppositions.org now i will say tim um the design is really good i well, thank you. um you know like i think it is you, you did do it yourself um yeah, is that correct? yeah no i will say it is easy to read um well well, well put out um, yeah no i can see some some thought has gone into it so um so presuppos- presuppositional apologetics
1: yeah yeah
0: now, um, I, I see presuppositional apologetics as the um, – I won't say out of favor, but more of a niche. Is that something you would, uh, you would agree with?
1: Um, it does tend to be uh, a, a rarity, I guess.
0: Yep. Um,
1: it's, it's hard to kind of think through um, sort of famous names that are alive today. That would really fit into the presuppositional camp.
0: Okay, well, side uh, side ten, Kate.
1: Yeah, that would, he's probably he's probably the most no, like, like he's probably <laughs>
0: the most no- notorious of um, you know of, of the uh of, yeah I, I I don't mean notorious in a bad way but just that you know um if you talk to an atheist you go side ten and Kate like you can see the eyes roll roll on the back of the head <laughs> um and uh, Apollo Jedi he has recommended Eli Ayala. Yes, as well. Who seems uh, he, he seems fairly, uh, yeah, fairly knowledgeable as well. But are there any any aside, aside from Cornelius Van Til, you know, as you said, not not alive today? Um, are there any other notable presuppositionalists that you would uh, say that you drew inspiration from, or that you'd recommend? Or
1: um, well, most of my uh, my thinking in the line of presuppositional apologetics has come from Greg Bonson, John Frame, and uh, yep. Cornelius Van Til.
0: Yep. I was going to say, uh, uh, Eric Hovind as well. I see he's, he's jumped on the uh, presupp- presuppositional bandwagon.
1: Yep, yep, Eric Hovind. Uh, Ken Ham is also a type of a, a presuppositionalist. And uh, then, um, oh, oh boy, I can't believe James White, I almost forgot his name there. Okay. James White uh, also considers himself a presuppositionalist.
0: No worries. And you mentioned a famous name just then uh, from my part of the world, Ken Ham.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And my understanding um, is that you you were in his uh, on his payroll for, for for a period of time.
1: I was. That's true. I, I <laughs> used to work for Answers in Genesis uh, yep. as a software developer. I was mm-hmm. never a spokesperson or anything like that. No, um, no, no.
0: That's a... But you, you you've apparently had a couple of a uh, couple of uh, encounters with him.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had a had a couple of conversations. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's he's a pretty busy guy, but uh, yeah, he made some time for me.
0: <laughs> okay, so um. I've never met him, but if if uh, someone like me came to Ken Ham and had a bit of a chat with him, how do you think he would respond to someone like me?
1: Um, let's see. Well, Ken is known for standing on scripture. So mm-hmm. yep. pretty much everything that, every point that he would make, uh, he would feel that he could back up with some sort of scripture passage, uh, some sort of principle derived from scripture. Um, at least in a in a conversation with an atheist. Yep. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons that uh, uh, he, he's probably easily placed into the presuppositional camp.
0: Mm-hmm. No, but like I suppose his demeanor, his his attitude towards atheism in general. Um, you know, um, like on on my side of the fence, you have uh, what is called the angry atheist who is the you know the angry keyboard warrior who says you know religion is bs and you're all a bunch of idiots and and, and all right. that kind of stuff and 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 this is one of this is one of the reasons that I started the podcast was to um improve the nature of, of the debate you know um yeah you because know, I, I think that you know adults can talk about this stuff uh, freely and friendly, in in a cordial manner and it doesn't have to be confrontational so I suppose the question I'm asking is Ken Ham, uh, a firebrand Christian, or is he a, a more soft-spoken uh, friendly guy who'd shake your hand?
1: Uh, well, I mean, everybody has, uh, has, has different moods depending on the different dates. Indeed. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty well known in his sort of public uh, persona um, for being a firebrand. Uh, I think, I think that, uh, uh, when you talk with him personally, depending upon exactly what the topic is and exactly what your attitude is, um, you know he'll he'll respond in in various different ways depending on on those kinds of things. Okay. Um, he, he can be very very gentlemanly, uh, and uh, but he can also be very um, uh, kind of you know state it like it is and not pull any punches kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm.
0: a very a very Australian trait that is. <laughs> and actually speaking of advances in Genesis. Um, I've had some dealings with their Australian sister uh, sister organization called Creation Ministries International. Um, have, okay. you heard, have you heard of them before? I have yeah. Okay all right yeah so from my understanding they both came from the same uh, the same parent. Um, I think it was Christian science education or something something like that. Um, it split into two. There were apparently some legal legal troublings between the two but they sorted themselves out. And yeah, so in in, in Australia, uh, Creation Ministries International is the the, the foremost uh, creation creationist organization uh, today. And and I do like how they have a lot of material on their website to go through. Like if you Google a particular answer um, with a biblical uh, biblical question in mind, you know your CMI will have that there. And I see the answers to Genesis are like the American the American equivalent.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard um, basically all the same things that you just said, uh, although I don't have any firsthand knowledge of um, uh, relationships between the two companies. Okay, um, but, uh, yeah. But I've yeah, seen, I've seen their website before and um, perused it a little bit.
0: Nice. Norris, I suppose the, the, question, the first question I, I would like to ask you is uh, why are you a Christian?
1: Um, that's a great question. So for me personally... Um, I guess it, it can be boiled down to a, a few different pieces. Um, yep. I personally became convinced of the uh, accuracy of the basic Christian uh, message and mm-hmm. the basic Christian narrative, the existence of Jesus, uh, his resurrection, um, and the offers that he, that he made to, to man uh, to forgive us for, uh, um, for our crimes against God. On the basis of his sacrifice in our place, um, I became convinced of that through um, Josh McDowell, mm-hmm. <clears throat> primarily, uh, and some of the uh, information that he shared um, about the historicity of the resurrection um, and uh, the historical accuracy of Scripture and, and things along those lines. Um, but that was just really just a mental, mental ascent rather than an actual conversion experience. Yep. Um, so I kind of I kind of left that. Uh, read one of his books and and heard him speak a few times, and so I kind of left those experiences thinking, yeah, this sounds this is this is probably true. This is what I what I believe now. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily disbelieve it before. I just wasn't convinced before. Okay. I was like uh, I, I've I was raised a Christian, and uh, I don't know that there's ever been a time when I have considered myself not a Christian. Okay, In so actually. So looking you back on ne- that time, I would say that I wasn't.
0: Not fair. Enough. So you never were an atheist, if I can, if I can put the question the question bluntly.
1: Not to my knowledge, no. Okay, okay. I, atheists like to say that everybody's born an atheist. I, if I was born an atheist, I lost it pretty quick.
0: Okay. Well, which is interesting because um, uh, the last guest I had the last guest I had in my podcast, he, um, stated that he was a Christian from about the age of four or five. Where he was, uh, he grew up in he grew up in a in a religious household. So, did you did you also grow up in a religious household?
1: Um, it, my parents are church going, and yep. uh, my dad uh, my dad is a Southern Baptist, and my mom was an Episcopalian. Um, so, they had some difficulties on deciding what churches to go to. Yeah, uh, I, I could I could imagine. So, um, it, there wasn't there wasn't necessarily a clear direction in in that regard there wasn't a whole Mm -hmm. lot of agreement but they were both christians and so they agreed on on that um good yeah so uh so josh mcdowell really helped me to um come to the conclusion that at least the basics of christianity were true and in addition to that um I, I believe that I'm a sinner. I mean, I, I, I am just absolutely convinced without anybody needing to tell me anything that I have done things that I should not have done according okay. to some sort of uh, transcendent rule that I'm supposed to be following.
0: Okay, and, I, I, will, I, will get, I will get into that later. That's actually a very okay. interesting, well, interesting talk. I, I
1: was just trying to answer the question oh, so, of how I became a Christian.
0: Or, no, that's good. That's okay, you know, but so, keep, keep on going. So when do you think that you actually converted like properly, properly made that heart like not just the head knowledge, but the heart knowledge.
1: Right. Um, so it would have been uh, towards the end of nineteen ninety seven. And uh, that's when <clears throat> that's when it became very obvious to me that even though I I had the right beliefs, I hadn't actually committed anything in my life to Christ. Okay. okay. I was I was just it was just mental ascent. and and I I finally realized that at that point.
0: No worries. Then, which then leads to my next question: Why presuppositional apologetics? Like, what got you? What got you into that? What made you think this is the best way to defend, like, to to defend the faith? Or to to use a to use a word. Um, yeah, as, as as I said before, it is it is a bit of a niche uh, a niche field. So, what got you into this niche field, and what what makes you want to stay in that niche field?
1: Sure. Um. So. Uh... I'd never heard of presuppositional apologetics until uh, I was reading um, some commentary in my study Bible, uh, the Apologetics Study Bible. Mm-hmm. And it had a little a little commentary in there written by John Frame about Cornelius Van Til. I'd never heard of either one of them. Yep. And so I, I read this analysis, this just like one paragraph about Cornelius Van Til. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I uh, basically, John Frame pointed out that... Um, while uh, the way that Cornelius Van Til did things, he was often accused of circular reasoning and so forth. John Frame points out that um, everybody on the worldview scale actually engages in circular reasoning. For example, a rationalist can only justify his use of reason by appealing to reason. Um, so that kind of hit me like, oh my goodness, that's that, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, um, A worldview needs to be analyzed internally, rather than using some sort of external authority to analyze it. Uh, That also makes sense to me. Um, When you use an external authority to analyze a worldview, you're actually creating a straw man and um, When you're analyzing a straw man, obviously you're just you're just doing it wrong. So Okay, just,
0: so, uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. So that's okay. No, keep, keep going because I do have some pointy questions. I don't want to, um, like yeah. The, the so the first part of a chat will be you know get 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 to know you, but I think the next the next part will be pointy questions back and forth. And you've raised a couple of points that I, um, that I think are well suited to pointy questions.
1: Okay.
0: We um, keep going. Yes. Sorry, don't let me don't let me right, interrupt you. Right.
1: So so part of it was just sort of being introduced to to the. Uh, internal analysis of a worldview rather than looking at it externally and that's one of the key points of of being a presuppositionalist and the other one is is the belief that only christianity is internally coherent um and that to me if you're going to be a christian and you ask yourself the question of is it possible for another worldview to be internally coherent to make sense of the environment that that person who holds that view finds themselves in Uh, to actually offer an explanation that that makes sense and is is coherent non-contradictory in any way is that possible um, if i believe that the bible is true if i believe that the god of the bible is really who he says he is and and behaves in the way that he says he does uh, and has the attributes that that he appears to have according to scripture if i really believe scripture is it possible for me to believe that something else could also make sense and the answer is no. <laughs> so it seems to me that if, if Christianity is true, then other worldviews simply cannot be coherent. They, they can't explain human experience. There's no possibility of that. Um, and since I'm a Christian, obviously I believe that, that Christianity is true. Okay. Um, so those are really the two points of presuppositionalism is the internal analysis of a worldview and the belief that only Christianity has uh, internal coherence.
0: Fair enough. Well, thank you, thank you for that very, uh, very lucid, lucid explanation. Because, um, yeah, I see on, on your website that you do have the um the offense and the defensive uh, aspects of, of presupp- presuppositional apologetics. Um, so as you're speaking, probably the first the, the first pointy question was, um, and I think you kind of answered it uh, as 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 you're speaking was that let's say that uh Hindu re- the Hindu uh belief in reincarnation why in your opinion does that not make sense? Like why what about it is is contradictory? Or 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 let's say let's say Islam. Islam has um Islam is also a a mon an Abrahamic monotheistic religion that has a lot of analogues with both Judaism and Christianity. Um you you but you wouldn't accept that as being uh as being the truth or let's say Scientology. You know, um, Scientology being a fairly recent, uh, a very recently revealed religion, um, why would you then not accept that?
1: Yeah, those are those are great questions, um, and uh, you know, clearly, I can't predict what the next religion is going to be mm-hmm. uh, that, that comes onto the scene, or exactly what the problems are going to be in that religion. Yep. Um, but as a presuppositionalist and as a Christian, since I'm a Christian, uh, given the things that, that the Bible says about God, um, it's not possible for me to believe uh, according to the conclusions the way that I interpret Scripture, it doesn't seem reasonable for me to, to conclude that another worldview could possibly be coherent. Um, so what well, I is, do... is
0: coherence the, the main thing, or is it accuracy? Because I, I could say one plus one equals two, and one plus one equals two is coherent and it is and it is correct. As well, so. So I, I think, but I think what we're actually looking for is the the description of reality.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree that what we're looking for is the description of reality, um, and the issue of coherence. If if something is coherent then it's not possible for us to discern whether or not that view is true or false uh, would, be, uh, would be one way of looking at it. And if it's not possible to discern if that view is true or false, then it's not possible to discern if the God of the Bible exists. And according to scripture, it is possible to discern if the God of the Bible exists. And therefore, it's not possible that any other worldview could possibly be coherent.
0: Uh, Say so, so, so that again. Like you, you kind of did lose me a little bit in that... Um in that yeah. sorry my, my son was uh, my son was just calling me just then so um yeah so 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 let's say uh the the hindu belief in reincarnation um okay. and you would go no um I don't, I don't accept that
1: yeah well i obviously as a christian i wouldn't accept that i don't believe in reincarnation i think the scripture is pretty clear that it's appointed to man once to die and after this the judgment um and reincarnation doesn't seem compatible with with christianity so if I am a Christian, then I believe that reincarnation is false on the basis of the fact that I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody's saying what's incoherent about reincarnation per se,
0: yes,
1: um, well, reincarnation doesn't exist in a bubble. Uh, there's an entire worldview there. One of the issues that I and, and,
0: and is- an, ent- an entire worldview, or is it just just a belief that got that found its way into a book?
1: Well, every human being has their own worldview. And so, any individual who believes in reincarnation has a worldview that includes reincarnation. And reincarnation Sim, is a worldview.
0: I'm sorry. Sim, I'm sorry to do this. I'm just going to pop out for two seconds. I'll be back, I'll be back in two seconds. Sorry, sorry, Sim. Sorry. All right, I'm just about back. Sorry, I had to uh, help out my son.
1: Yeah, no worries. So,
0: so, so I've got a yeah, I've got um two kids myself. Both uh, what well, ones? One's fifteen, one's twelve, and yeah, they uh, they still need their daddy to help them with things. So I'm I'm happy <laughs> with that. Happy with that. Um, so then, but couldn't we then turn it around? And say that, or well, Christianity is also in a bubble and the people who believe that had their own worldviews and they were trying to describe reality and, you know, so really, I'm just trying to think whether, see, maybe, maybe there's too much baggage with the word worldview instead of just mere belief. Like what to you is the difference between mere belief and worldview?
1: Um, sure. To me, worldview encompasses like all of your beliefs, um, and in particular, uh, when analyzing a worldview, in my mind, it's important to look at the the things that are most authoritative to the individual. Um, so y- you have a worldview. Y- you understand things in a certain way around you, mm-hmm. and you believe that certain things are authoritative, and and you trust some things more than others, mm-hmm. um, and. So, and the same is true for everybody, everybody has a worldview. Um, and for some people, you're talking about reincarnation, for some people, reincarnation is part of their worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, so the goal of the, of the presuppositionalist would be to look at the entire worldview and not just one little piece of it, uh, like reincarnation, and say, um, you know, you, your authority is, is, is this and your authority says, X and your authority also says not X uh, or your authority says X and you say not X uh, or something like that. And so, you know, there's a, there's some sort of an internal coherence problem with your worldview. Yeah,
0: but, 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 does that entirely invalidate either the beliefs, the belief or the worldview just because you get one little thing, one little thing wrong. It's a bit like, um, let's say I study maths and I get something wrong on a maths test. Does that then automatically invalidate the whole of mathematics because Someone who studies maths gets something wrong,
1: right? It depends on exactly what the wrong thing is. Uh, for example, um,
0: like so. So, in that case, I'm, I'm going to cut you off there. So, let's say, okay, it depends what the thing is. Let's say that, um, uh, let's say that the, the Hindu believes that um, like karma is a thing, but reincarnation isn't, or something. Let, let's say something oddball like that. Let's say he gets like one little thing wrong. Does that mean the whole of the Hindu belief system is is invalidated?
1: Well, it, again, or, or it uh, when, should be. When dealing with an individual, if I'm talking with a Hindu, I'm going to talk about their beliefs and not about Hinduism per se. Um, I, I might I might ask them, you know, about Hinduism or about their beliefs or or, or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, if you're talking with, for example, a Roman Catholic as opposed to a Southern Baptist. Uh, you may approach things a little bit differently if oh, you're talking of, talking of a course Catholic uh, and you're and you're trying to demonstrate to them that there's a problem with their worldview and they ought to consider changing their worldview perhaps to yours or at least to something different you might try to deal with say for example the authority of the Pope or the authority of councils or something like that
0: papal bulls um, or stuff like that yep
1: whereas if you're talking with the Southern Baptist you wouldn't even you wouldn't even consider talking about problems with the Pope there'd be no, no reason to do that Um but at the same time, you might talk with either one of them about maybe problems that you have with the Bible, uh, things that you think are, are problematic there, where the Bible says X, but, but everybody can see that X is, is false or something like that. Um, and so that would be a problem for both the Roman Catholic and the, and the Baptist. Uh,
0: okay, but I'm just not sure that an entire belief system is invalidated just because of one little, one little thing that you may, you may get wrong. That, that that's that, that that's just my point i think um it it almost lends creep it almost it's almost like throwing the baby out with the bathwater just because you know so just because you get you know one little thing yeah you what know, one little thing wrong doesn't mean that so let's say that you know are you Roman Catholic you, know, you talk to your Roman Catholic and let's say that um let's say that the apocrypha is the um is also the inspired word of God mm mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily invalidate the Protestant uh, view of the Bible. It's just that the Catholics also have a, a Bible that includes extra books that you guys don't have. Right. So, so on, on a point like that.
1: Who, yeah, and who, I'm who, not saying I'm not saying that that if anyone is wrong about anything, then their entire worldview uh, in the grand scheme of things is 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 wrong. Like, if well, I but but, Hindu, but but
0: but this is coherence. Like, it, it seems to, it seems to me that. Your thing about coherence is that as soon as one thing's wrong, the whole the whole thing falls down. That's kind of how I that's kind of how I read your words and also the words on your website is that as soon as one thing falls over, the whole thing falls over. It's like well, okay,
1: no, it's it's more about the the ultimate authorities in that in the in the person's worldview. Uh, For example, if you could demonstrate to me, you're an atheist, I'm a Christian, if you could demonstrate to me that it's not possible for for there to be a God that exists, that's Mm -hmm. anything even remotely like any monotheistic God that anybody's ever thought of, Mm -hmm. if you could demonstrate that to me, that would just be one error in my worldview, right? I mean, I would still believe that Jesus is the son of God. I would still believe that that there are miracles done by God. I would still believe that the Bible is written by God. Well, no, I wouldn't believe any of that. All of that would be gone. Yeah, but Um, but but but,
0: but that's not to say that there isn't some other God. You know, let, let's say that okay maybe your god doesn't exist but maybe allah of the of the of the of the muslims exists or maybe maybe brahman or maybe maybe zenu or maybe thor exists and you've just got a couple, you've just got you've got a couple of things wrong
1: Right. Well, in in that, if if I were to come to that conclusion, I would no longer be a Christian. And so, generally, when we when we talk about somebody's worldview, often we we label it in in terms of you know Christian or Hindu or Buddhist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and these things are they have at least even if it's a little w- wiggly, they have definitions. Um, a, a Muslim believes that there's only one God, that Muhammad uh, was his prophet, is his mm-hmm. prophet, mm-hmm. Uh, and that the Quran is true. So you know if you can if you can demonstrate that any of those things are false then they're going to seriously question whether they should stay a muslim they might become a christian they might become a sikh uh, they might become an atheist who knows yeah, but, but
0: we're know. we Lisa, the next question of how, how do you know you're wrong and this is one of the uh, one of the things that i find with uh, dealing with presuppositionalists is that i've never i've never come across one who admits they could be wrong about anything which to me is, I'll, I don't want to sound harsh by saying this, Tim. It's just, I think to me it comes across as in, intellectual dishonesty, and like in my in my dealings with with uh, with Christians, yeah, you know, I actually I was uh, I was in a in a Twitter back and forth with Apollo Jedi and a couple of other couple of other people, and I said, yeah, I, I could well be wrong, you know. Um, I think we're talking we're, we're talking about the theory of the theory of evolution. And yeah, someone asked, Damien, could you be wrong? And I said, yes, I could be wrong. You know? And if you find the, the replacement theory for evolution, I'll actually be quite excited because we've actually found something better than, than the theory of evolution. Whereas, and this is kind of what I noticed in presuppositional uh, apologetics, is that you are right no matter, no matter what's thrown at you You know, you, and I suppose that's what presupposition means is that, you know, you have, you assume that you're right. But the question, the question then is, how do you know that you're wrong? How how would you know that you're wrong?
1: So generally, the the presuppositional methodology would indicate that a contradiction would tell you that you're wrong. Um, And and presuppositionalists, uh, Van Til was a Presbyterian. Uh, Bonson, I believe, also was a Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. But James White is a Baptist. Ken Ham is a Baptist. So, they're all presuppositionalists, but um, the Baptists don't agree with the Presbyterians on some things, particularly yeah, exactly. infant baptism. Um, so, you know, clearly they're not both right, and uh, or if they are both right, then then they're both then they're both wrong in some other way, because mm-hmm. uh, they both believe that the other person is wrong. They can't both be right about all of all of the things that they disagree on. Yeah. Um, and. I myself, as a presuppositionalist, I, I, I don't have any problem acknowledging that I could be wrong about plenty of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think that I'm wrong about anything, because if I did, I would change my mind. Um, and I have been, And saying the same, same here, I don't,
0: I don't think I'm wrong about atheism, but, right, I, right. but I've always said, um, and, and I think this is where presuppositionalists will try to drive that wedge into me, is that I will admit that I could be wrong about everything I know. Which is then, which is then, unfortunately, taken as an admission that I don't know anything. Which is no hold hold on, you know. As far as, as far as I can understand the world, as far as my experiences of the world, I am I am justified in my in the beliefs that I have now. Which, but unfortunately, that, that honesty that I could be wrong about everything. Is taken as a aha. You don't know anything. Well, no, that's that's not correct. I'm just saying I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I you know different people make different kinds of arguments, and uh, um, I don't necessarily agree with every argument that I hear. No, um, same same here. And uh, I have no problem admitting that I could be wrong about stuff. But um, in in fact, I'll even tell you about something that I, I feel like I was very wrong about, and I was I was convinced uh, uh, by reading a book primarily by reading a book by Martin Luther that I was mm-hmm. completely mistaken about. Oh, wow. About that's, the topic of free will.
0: That, that's gone back a bit. Um, Actually, this is a, yeah. this is another thing I want to chat about yeah, your, your, your take on free will, but you know, keep, keep going. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Tim.
1: Yeah. Uh, and for me, I don't, I don't, in my, in my apologetic work, I don't tend to focus as much on knowledge as I do on rational justification. Um, it seems to me that uh, different people define knowledge a little bit differently. And Uh, When I read scripture, uh, some of the things that it says that we can know, it seems to me that the kind of knowledge that it's talking about is not sort of absolute 100% certainty, but rather it's uh, evidential conclusions that Mm -hmm. you arrive at through observation and experience and so forth. Like, for example, uh, you can know that another person is a Christian by looking at their fruit. Well, um, (laughs) my interpretation of what it means to be a Christian is that you're, you're somebody who has place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you're going to wind up in heaven when you die. That's what I would call a Christian. And Mm -hmm. if I can tell who that is based on their fruit, then I would come to a lot of, a lot of wrong conclusions about a lot of people. Um, I, at least I think that I would, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. Um, But there are, there are people who seem to have the right fruit and then they, uh, they leave the faith and maybe they become an atheist or whatever. Um, Which is,
0: which is like me actually just, just on that. Um, a couple of months ago, I was uh, I was at a client uh, doing doing some work, and the the one of the people at this client site was someone who goes to my Baptist church, and she saw me and go, Oh my gosh, Damien! You know, it, it, it's exciting to see your brother outside of church, and like, the thing is she, she she didn't know that I I I I deconverted. Well mm-hmm. like shes she she knows of me, but she doesn't really know me, but you know she literally me hold on, I know you and yeah, and so she she got that excited that she saw another um she saw another Christian or what she believed was another Christian that she went and grabbed she went and grabbed another colleague who's also a Christian, and yeah, they were like you know they were beside themselves oh we we don't see many christians around we gotta we gotta stick together and unfortunately i was I was too tired and i was I just didn't want to let it down by saying, hold on, you know I'm not who you think I am, Um, but (laughs) but 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 the reason she she said that is because like I deconverted about four or five years ago, but I and this is one of the 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 weird ironies is that since I became an atheist, I've actually made more friends at my at my church um, than, than before. You know because I'm more comfortable having these conversations. I'm comfortable in justifying like you know explaining why I believe what I believe and all that. And, and I don't believe that being an atheist makes you a baby murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that, you know, being good is how you treat other people. Being good is how you, is, is the respect that you give other people, um, you know? And so look, if that gets mistaken for Christianity, then well, you know, am I, am either, am I a pseudo Christian or is the bar for good fruit so low that even an atheist, with humanist principles can meet the definition of good fruit.
1: Right. And those are great questions. Um, and, and I can't answer them myself perfectly. No, no,
0: um, no, but I would like your opinion on that though, because, you know, I think it's, a, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, what is defined as what is defined as good fruit, because you have, you have an atheist like, like me who, you know, who makes an effort to, to treat people, you know, with respect and decency and courtesy and all that. Whereas you you get some Christians who are, you know, um, antagonistic, confrontational, um, some Christians get themselves arrested, um, you know, stuff stuff like that. So out of those two, like if you didn't know either of our religious beliefs, you know, who do you think is the, who do you think is the actual Christian, me or the person next to me in the police lineup?
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's my wife says that, um, uh she knows somebody that's that's that seems more like a christian than any of the christians she's ever met like um and the the guy's not a not a christian so but uh yeah i mean what is exactly is meant by fruit and i've always i've always taken in in that particular passage what is meant by fruit i've always kind of taken that to be referring to the fruits of the spirit Mm -hmm. love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness all, all those Fruits. Okay, um, which assume... which which
0: which again is something that I believe I display in my life. You right, know? And I'm not
1: I'm not disputing that in the slightest.
0: No, no, no. but I'm just saying. That I suppose the question is, is you know, am I am I really really good at pretending to be a Christian, or is it that the bar is so low that the, an atheist who is you know the, who makes a conscientious effort is uh, already meets the standard for being a Christian?
1: Yeah. So. Uh, to kind of directly answer your question with my own thoughts. um, Of course. I I think that since we live in uh, a world that for the last, you know, 1500 years has been dominated by some version of Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, It it makes sense to me that one of the results of that is that our societies value principles that have been promoted by Christianity. Um, And so people are inclined to behave basically like Christians uh, even if they're not inclined to be Christians. And I think that the same would have been true, you know, for any, any kind of religion, any kind of culture. Uh, If you're, if you grow up in a particular culture, you're inclined to act like everybody else in that culture. Um, And your children generally speaking will have the same kinds of inclinations Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a hundred years from now, that may not be the case anymore. But uh, I think right now we're still in a, in a world that has been uh, largely defined by Christian Christian, Christian, Okay,
0: point. I've got some re- some objections to that, but I do see where I do see where you're coming from. I do see where you're coming from, but um, to go back to the pre- to to the presuppositions, um, uh, I did I did have a I did have a question in mind, and I kind of lost track on this other interesting topic that we that, that we got caught up <laughs> on. Um, but what would it take for you then to? I actually, no, no. So, this, so this question I had. So, let's say um, we find evidence that the 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 flood of Noah didn't happen. What would be your response to something like that?
1: Uh, I would assume you're misinterpreting the evidence.
0: Okay. In, in what way?
1: Well, you haven't told me what the evidence is.
0: <laughs> no, no. But, but let's say let us say that we found a uh, continuous uh, we found continuous tree rings. They go back twelve thousand years.
1: Yeah, we have we have tree rings that go back um, supposedly beyond the time of the flood, um, mm-hmm. but tree rings are not necessarily annual, and um, they have been misinterpreted uh, at various times. And if I'm not mistaken, there's there's evidence of this and demonstrable studies and, and and things like that. Um, uh, so. I would I would simply believe that that's what what happened
0: okay, but then are you then saying that every dendrochronologist is in their field is wrong
1: um,
0: like like are you, are you saying they're wrong simply because that they that they give something that counters your theology? Is that the only reason you say they're wrong like if if they said something like um, uh, the oldest tree is four thousand years old. Would you then go, ah, ah, that's fine. I can accept that because I can make that fit in my biblical worldview. Whereas if I um, go if I go oh we'll no, that's that's stretching it.
1: So my understanding is that it's not an exact science. And if it's not an exact science, then it's not something that I'm gonna to take to the bank no matter what age they give a tree. Uh, it it doesn't really matter to me how old a tree is. If somebody tells me that my tree in my backyard is twenty years old, I'll believe them. But if somebody asks me, you know how old is the tree in your backyard tell me the right answer I'm going to shoot you in the head, I'll be like, "I don't know twenty I don't know that's what they told me. I don't know if that's right or not. I don't have any idea really okay. um,
0: so but, but, but let's say let's say an expert dendrochronologist comes to you and says, "Well look, you he takes, he takes you out on a field trip and he says, "All right, Tim, this is how we these are the samples that we use. this is all the knowledge this is this is the this is the path that we went down to." To come to the uh come to come to come to the clue to to the conclusion sorry that old, old Tiko in norway is 9562 years old are you then going to dispute the evidence or are you going are you going to dispute the methodology
1: um i yeah. <laughs> it it would, it would depend on what the methodology is exactly and it would depend on what the evidence is exactly and it would depend on my own knowledge about the topic. Uh, tree rings are not something that I have a whole lot of knowledge no, about. No,
0: no, no, no. And same, same, same here. If someone told me there's a 9,000-year-old tree, it's okay. But like, like to me, it doesn't matter that there's a tree that's 9,000 years old because mm-hmm. you know, to me, there's other things that say that the global flood didn't happen such as if we look at uh, the, 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 the geologic column you know, there, there is no worldwide catastrophic uh, layer that is, in the, that, that is in, the, in the geologic record. Now, is that another there, thing? There are, is, is there that are multiple th-
1: layers that cross continents. Uh, like yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. And there there are many. There are many that will cross continents. Yeah, there and are. The, but, layers, but... the layers would be generated by different uh, particular events, like a volcanic eruption would, would, would mm-hmm. create a layer. Yep. A,
0: so uh, a, so. a, 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 a meteor impact as well. That also that also creates a worldwide layer. Um, there, there are numerous, but we just don't see that that flood that flood layer. Is in my, so yeah. I guess
1: my point is that we wouldn't expect to see a single a single layer because the layers are caused by various different things. Like during the flood, there are multiple volcanoes going off. Is is the assumption because of all of the geyser activity that the scripture talks about. Uh, the fountains of the great deep open up and when there's geyser activity we would expect but that that was water activity that, that, as
0: that, well well where does it say that the fountains of the deep means means volcanic activity because um that was always meant to meant to be water as far like every every young with creationist i've ever spoken to said that has always implied that's water that's not volcanic activity that is water
1: Geysers today. Whenever we see geysers, uh, my understanding—again, I'm not—I'm not a geologist here, but my no, understanding no, no, no. is that wherever we see geysers, we also there's volcanic activity in the area as well. So when we read in the scriptures that the fountains of the great deep burst forth, that sounds like geyser activity, which means therefore volcanic activity as well.
0: Okay, so would that mean that every volcano in uh, in history on the earth exploded at the same time? Or most Uh, of them, or? I
1: I have absolutely no idea, but since it was a worldwide flood, I was assuming, I would assume worldwide geysers and worldwide volcanic activity, not necessarily that every volcano erupted, but so then you would have perhaps different layers from each one of these volcanoes. Um, You would have different layers from different mudslides and so on and so forth that would, that would also happen during the rain. Um, So we would expect multiple layers rather than a single you know uniform
0: layer uh, let me just try to think Hmm. but we, we we would also expect to see some sort of hydrological sorting as well under 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 a great flood if the if if you know um, if a whole lot of water comes down uh, mixes mixes everything around we should we would expect to see some sort of destruction of the geolo- of the geologic layers underneath the one that noah landed on
1: hydrological sorting I'm well sorry as that as that well means- as in like if
0: <laughs> well no so what i mean is like if you flood an area um things will deposit in the in the rate of you know your more dense objects go to the bottom your more lighter objects float to the top but that's not what that's not what we see and for example, the Grand, the Grand, the Grand Canyon. Now, do you do you personally believe the Grand Canyon was formed during Noah's flood?
1: Uh, well, what I've what I've read uh, is that it would have been formed essentially after Noah's flood. Uh, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um,
0: because I, I have heard that, you know, that Noah's Flood was... I think the most ridiculous... I mean, uh, sorry. sorry. No, caused, yeah,
1: caused by Noah's Flood, uh, yeah. like in, in that same general time period, but not necessarily part of, oh, here come the rains. Oh, there's the Grand Canyon. Not like that.
0: Okay, because that, that's one of the things I do hear from some notorious young earth creationists was that the 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 Grand Canyon was caused by all the water that that flushed down from, from heaven. Um, yeah, so... Okay, In- interesting, interesting way of looking at it. Um, the thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about before before we go, free will. What is your take on free will?
1: Thank you for asking. That's one of my favorite topics.
0: No, that's that's why I brought it up because I know you, I know you're itching to so you're itching to go. <laughs>
1: yeah. So um, my perspective is that no created thing has free will, uh, because if it had free will. And, and, of course, we have to define free will, and, you know, if we, if we really get into the conversation uh, in depth. Um, but the, the idea, in my mind, of free will is that basically nothing caused me to make the choices that I make. Um, but if nothing caused me to make the choices that I make, if they're simply the product of my will, well, then my will would have to not be caused. I mean, it, my will is what it is, because it was caused to be that way. Um, and I would think, I would expect that basically everybody on Earth would think this way. Um, but <laughs> uh, maybe, it, it maybe, maybe, so, maybe so they <laughs> maybe yeah, they don't. It, it, most most of the people that I know don't think that way. Um, but I every time that I talk with them, I just I just don't understand how they think that their position makes sense. <laughs> so, but I used to I used to think that it made sense as well. I used to hold to a, a belief in free will. Um, and the only thing that allowed me to do that is because I never really thought about it too much. Once I started thinking about it, I realized, Hey, this, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, okay. I'm created. My will is created. Uh, okay. Only so one uncaused first cause and that's God.
0: Okay. So let's say, um, uh, my decision to not be a Christian anymore. Is that something I chose or is that something imposed on me?
1: So uh, what you what you've set up there is, I think, uh, a um, false dichotomy. It, it can be both. Um, you were caused to make the choice that you made. It doesn't mean you didn't make a choice. It means that, that your choice was caused.
0: Well, I, I can agree that my, my choice was caused. My choice was caused when I evaluated the evidence, and found that I I couldn't justify belief in a eternal, ever present, ever powerful, ever loving, ever loving God. But I still made the choice. I still, I still walked away myself. But I suppose that the, like the question is, did was, did something? How can I can say, did someone play mind tricks on me to cause me to walk away, or did I have that free will to say, nope, this isn't this isn't right for me."
1: Um, I would say neither. Um, it's not about mind tricks. It's that your mind was created by God. Your will was created by God. Your experiences have been created by God and your decisions are created by God as well. They're created by God, uh, often through secondary, um, secondary causes. So in other words, God, God perhaps creates the, uh, the land and the air and stuff that you breathe. He creates you and the people around you. Uh, he creates the, uh, the experiences that you have, he creates your will, uh, and he causes your will to be inclined in the direction of uh, rebelling against him or of, of uh, coming, to, coming to conclusions of a certain type. Um, and so then when he puts you into an environment in which uh, you're going to wind up coming to those types of conclusions, you inevitably come to those types of conclusions. Um, but it's, it's all by design. It's all by God's design.
0: Okay. So like you said something interesting Interesting a couple of minutes ago, was that my mind is created by God. Is that something? Yes. Okay. So at what point was my mind created by God? Because as far as I know, I was born naturally in my mother's womb and at no stage did my mother report uh, God um, getting his hands in and tinkering with me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh uh, I'm sure that as far as Luke Skywalker knows, he was not created by George Lucas either, but nonetheless he was. Um, he He was uh, birthed by his mother and uh, his, his father is Darth Vader. and I mean he knows his lineage and it's all perfectly natural. Uh, and George Lucas has nothing to do with it. Um, and yet we all know that George Lucas created Luke Skywalker.
0: We, we do because Luke Skywalker is is, is fiction. Where we talk, we're talking about reality here, unless you're then saying that we're in the Matrix. Um, is, that, so, is, is that something you go so far to say?
1: Uh, no, I don't think that we're living in an illusion uh, that we can wake up from, like in the Matrix. Um, but if Luke Skywalker were to say to uh, Han Solo that Princess Leia is not real, um, that she's just an illusion. Um, then- That's part of
0: the script. That he's... You and
1: I, well, you and I would be like, why is Luke Skywalker lying? Um, or, or doesn't Luke, doesn't Luke know that she's real? That would be our response. Um, but if you were to say that to me, hey, Tim, Princess Leia isn't real. She's just made up. She's just fiction. Th- then I would totally agree with you. You would not be lying, even though you'd say the exact same things that Luke Skywalker said. He would be lying. You would not be lying. But that's all because of the context in which we're in. Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia are all, they all exist in the same created context in the mind of George Lucas. And we all exist in the same created context in the mind of God.
0: Okay. So then why do bad things happen? Because, um, because, because God made them happen because God willed them to happen because God uh, makes them happen as, as a test, uh, as, as a test for the answers that he foreknows.
1: Well, well, uh, I can't necessarily speak to exactly what, what God's specific reasons are for some specific uh, bad thing that he causes, but he definitely causes them all. Um, one could ask uh, the same kind of questions about George Lucas's universe. Um, why did Palpatine do all these, these terrible things? Why did he you know, destroy all these people and kill all these, all these folks and, and tell all these lies and whatnot? Um, and- because, it's
0: part, because it's part of the script, because it's there for our, for our entertainment.
1: It's it's, and it's, it's the same because... reason why
0: Jason and and Jason went after the golden fleece. It's why Medusa you know, turned people into stone with her hair. Um, you know, because it's all part of the story. But but those stories don't have any bearing on our real life. There was we know there was no Jason who went looking for the golden fleece. We know that we we know there was no half man half bull who was on on the island of I think it was a Patmos or something who you know. Who had to be? Who was in a in a in a maze? That I forget who the hero was, but yeah, um, like we know these is because we know they're made up. They're, they're stories written to transmit cultural values. So at best, by I suppose if I if I can straw man your reasoning for a second, what you're then saying is that God created us to write to, as a, as a script in order to entertain some other people that he's writing for.
1: Well, he may simply be entertaining himself.
0: He yeah, could, but then that, that that then leads to the next question: Who created God's mind,
1: and why would it need to be created?
0: Well, because well, if if we have minds and minds are created, and if God has a mind, then why doesn't it stand to reason that God's mind is created? Like, why why do you feel that? And look, I'm sorry if this comes across as harsh. Um, it's probably this is probably the simplest way. So please don't take any personal offense by it. But why do you feel the need to um, beg the question by, well, hold on. We have minds and we know minds are created. God has a mind, but for some reason God's mind isn't created. Like why can't God's mind also be created by a super God or, or, by, or by a pantheon of gods or by, you know.
1: So it's like- never been my position that all minds are created. But minds okay. that think about things in a rational way—that those are, minds are predetermined themselves to. did not create—must um, have some rational justification for their thoughts. Okay, and so then possible what possible so, rational justification for their thoughts is okay. authorship of both the facts and the mind that's thinking about the facts?
0: Okay, so why why don't we then apply that to God?
1: Because God isn't thinking about things that He didn't create. There's 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 Him and there's everything else that He created. Um, he doesn't live in an environment like we do. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, keep time on a watch on his wrist. Uh, he doesn't look off into the distance and see a tree that, that he never planted. Um, he's, he's, the way that I conceive of, of, of Yahweh, of, of the, the creator of our universe, mm-hmm. the way that I conceive of him myself is uh, that he's kind of like an, an, uh, an unchanging, eternal, um, atemporal mind abstract mind not not a brain but a
0: mind okay um, so so how, how does that mind make decisions then because we know we know in the human experience that minds and decisions and free will are based in neurology so then how does god make decisions if he doesn't have a mind or a brain well okay he has he has a mind but then where does his thinking faculties come from
1: He simply is thought.
0: Okay, and how how do you how do you determine that? Because if that
1: wasn't wasn't the case, um, then all of our all of our conclusions would be rationally unjustified. There would be no reason behind them.
0: Alright, so let me just let me just try to think where that where that's going.
1: So one way to look at this is to ask the question: Whose reason is behind my first premises? because if there's no reason for my first premises then there's no reason for any conclusions drawn from them so whose reason is behind my first premises
0: but what, why does it why does it have to be a whose reason why can't it be just a a reason well let, let's say let's say we observe we observe nature let's say we observe a, a bird coming uh, flying onto a tree why can't we just observe that and start with that as a premise why does it have to be someone's premise well, actually, I suppose well, it goes to the question, why does it have to be a someone and not a something?
1: If it, if it reasons, I mean, gravity doesn't reason. No, uh, no, because... because, because say that gravity created the universe. Gravity doesn't reason. No, so but, but, but gravity... Gravity can't offer rational justification for thoughts.
0: No, but, but maybe gravity is the wrong tool that you're, that you're looking at. Maybe there's something well, whatever, else.
1: My, my point is that whatever reasons, it's, it's a personal entity. That's, that's the thing that reasons. If something reasons, it is a personal entity.
0: If it reasons, it's a personal entity. On, on a human level, at yes. Least, I, I, at I,
1: least, if it, if it, uh, I may have to walk that back. Sorry. Yeah, that's, sometimes that's like, I, I say things in a way that I, I. Uh, no, 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 no. This, this, but, is, this is
0: this is no, no no gotcha session here. This is just two guys having a two guys having a chat that ten people will listen to. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no. I suppose, I suppose the question is like, and just, and just to go back, that like when you like you did say that my mind was created. Um, and I'm, just, I'm still trying to think how was my mind created because, as I said, I'll, I'll walk back and I'll say, well, hold on. I know my mind is in my brain and I know that when I'm sleep deprived, when I've, uh, when I've had uh, certain beverages, when I've, uh, you know, had certain pills or something, you know, that, that neurology in my brain is, is affected. So then either, and we know that part of that is genetics, as well so i'm I'm struggling i'm struggling to see where a divine creation was involved in the creation of my mind like like why can't like i personally see thought as an inherent property of the brain i won't say that the brain was designed for thought it's just thought is one of the things that the brain does the brain also controls blood pressure the brain also controls heart rate the brain also controls breathing um, you know, the brain also controls the release of hormones. The brain also, you know, filters information from the eyes and from the ears and from the mouth. And the brain also releases uh, antibodies for virus responses. I personally don't see any of that as a, as a design per se, as an intelligent design. I just see that as, as an inherent property. And we see things like optical illusions. You know, you then have to, like if, to me, if you're going to say that the mind was, the mind was designed for thought, you then have to use that methodology and say, well, hold on, the mind was designed for optical illusions. The mind was designed for hallucinations. The mind was designed for auditory uh, or, or auditory hallucinations. The mind was designed for psychopathy, where people don't feel empathy at all and they do horrible things to each other. Or, Or is it that... I, I, like since I'm a, I'm a good person, my mind was was designed by God because I'm obviously a good person. But let's say Ted Bundy or you know um, Saddam Hussein, you know someone who's you know evil, their mind wasn't designed by God. Is that the case, or is it that God just designed some people to be psychopaths, some people to be murderers, some people to be thieves, some people to be adulterers?
1: Yeah, God well, created us all to be sinners um and some he chose to save um and, and what so what, what,
0: do you, and what do you mean by he chose to save is that then like at what point does like as as in my protestant charismatic uh, belief it was our choice to come to god which is why we had all these event evan- ev- ev- evangelical rallies where you know you or you know we go to the we go to the mall in the city and preach you know, on our soapbox and with our guitar because we all trying to change people's minds. Are you saying that evangelism is useless?
1: No, absolutely not. Um, so uh, again, I'm, I'm going to pull back into the, the author narrative uh, no, through analogy. Um, so we have Darth Vader, right? And uh, you've seen the Star Wars movies, right? Yes.
0: I'm familiar with them. Yes.
1: Okay. So Darth Vader's a bad guy and he's like, he's like a really bad guy. He's like the monster bad guy Yep, yep. Um, throughout the whole movie. And then, you know, at the end, he meets his son, Luke, and they fight. And uh, and then, but then, as Luke is about to kill his own dad, Darth Vader, um,
0: he pulls out, I am your father.
1: Well, I think it was a different movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one where he cuts off Luke's hand. But then yes. in a different movie, um, the Emperor is there urging Darth Vader to kill Luke, I think. And, and instead, Darth Vader changes his mind and he kills the Emperor. Boy, I'm probably butchering this story. Uh, it's been so long <laughs> since I've seen the movie.
0: That's all right. But, According and, 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 and story, I'll say the the last movies were weren't worth watching anyway so
1: <laughs> but uh, according to the story Darth Vader chose to kill the emperor instead of killing Luke and mm-hmm. one of the reasons that he chose to kill the emperor instead of killing Luke was because he met Luke and he got to know Luke yep. uh, he also got to know the emperor and he saw the difference between these two um and you know so so Luke's activity had an influence on making Darth Vader's decision uh just like just like our evangelism has an influence on other people on believers becoming christians um and yet all of it was written by george lucas all of it is orchestrated i I,
0: I agree but it was, it was told to tell a story it was it was there to entertain so if we use the star wars analogy for theology at best you could say that we are merely entertainment for god or or that we are transmitting cultural values for God's audience which then makes to me makes this life a joke like you know my like your real life starts after your current one ends as if this is some sort of a trial period like like this is like this is a trial period on a piece of software
1: i'm um, i'm not seeing why like our only existence ever would be in the mind of god It's not like we have some other existence that's that's more real than the one we have now. Uh, Okay, so so,
0: But is that can I read that as saying that reality isn't real?
1: Well, our our experiences are not as real as God Himself. Um, They're they're fiction to God, Uh, but at the same time, they're more real than our fiction. You know, more real than Luke Skywalker and Tom Sawyer. Um, But we're never going to be as real as as God uh, not in, not in my, in my view.
0: So I suppose the question is where does free will start? Like at what point can I be blamed for the decisions I make?
1: Okay. So I don't see blame and free will as having any relationship whatsoever. Um, because I, I don't believe that we have free will. (laughs) Okay. That's uh, fine. That's
0: fine. But, but then isn't that then undermining the whole, the whole criminal justice system? Cause a lot of of
1: people, a lot of people think in in that way. So I'll, yeah, totally respond to that. Yeah, of Um, course. in, In my mind, uh, Sin occurs, crime when we disobey God. Um, now we might be disobeying God because He caused us to, but we're still disobeying Him. So He gives us a command. He says, "You know, like like um, go kill that person." No, He would give a command like, "Don't kill anybody," and then He would cause us to kill somebody, uh, and then He would He would condemn us and judge us for doing that, and He would. Uh, right hold,
0: hold, hold. So, 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 so is God giving us the command to kill or the command not to kill?
1: He would give us the command not to kill. Okay, uh, Like, that's one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, right? Ex- so.
0: Except except, when God tells you to kill someone.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which, is, um, well, which to me is then actually kind of, I, I don't want to say hypocritical, but it's like, it's really weird in that, hold on, which then makes morality arbitrary. Like, if God can say, you know, don't kill except when I tell you to kill, don't steal except when you're taking back the promised land from people who've been there for centuries before you, um, you know, don't... Um, don't treat slaves harshly unless you know they're foreigners you know to me that's like well hold on you know so it just makes it makes morality as arbitrary as what christians say humanism is which is something Um, which is is something i've always bristled against but okay so so just go back to the to the analogy um god says don't kill someone but i kill someone
1: Mm -hmm. Where, where, where
0: where where does the culpability fall
1: uh, you are now culpable because you were told not to do it, and you did it anyway.
0: But then, but, you, but I don't have free will to.
1: But that's not relevant.
0: But then, how did I choose to kill someone if I was told mm-hmm. not to? If I was told not to by God, how? Well, God and and if I don't have free. Will. Sorry.
1: God caused you to choose to kill someone.
0: Okay, that's a. Uh, can I say that to the judge? Or is God yeah. also, or or is the judge also You're in God's? Still the
1: one. You you can say that to the judge, absolutely, but you're still the one who killed the guy. And so yeah. you're still the one who has to be punished. Yeah, but then but why but, caused you to do it.
0: But then why can't why won't the judge believe that God told me to that God caused me to kill the person?
1: Well, it, it wouldn't be relevant to the question of whether or not you killed the person and whether or not it was illegal for you to do it. You did kill the person and it was illegal and so the judge is gonna put you away. It doesn't have anything to do with free will. It has to do with whether or not you committed the crime. And- are there Well, things- no, well, hold,
0: no, hold on, because under my defence, I can claim things like um, I know in some jurisdictions, uh, drunks' defence is also um, is is a legal defence. Uh, Self defence is a legal defence. Uh, manslaughter is manslaughter is a legal defence. Um, yeah, there are there are numerous defences you can get out of, and which all which are all to do with uh, moral and legal culpability.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's legal to kill someone in self-defense if your life is in danger, uh, then you have not violated the law. But it's illegal to kill someone if you want to take their shoes because they're pretty. Um, and if God causes you to, to kill someone because you wanted to take their shoes because they're pretty, you're going to jail and you should be going to jail. Okay, so if God causes so, 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 you to kill someone in self-defense, so you not going to jail.
0: So then how does God cause me to kill someone to, for their shoes? Does he like, do you give me a sign? Like what sort of sign would God give? to say go kill that person
1: uh he he would he would put shoes in front of you that you want and give you a heart that is willing to kill for them and then you would go and do that (laughs) i mean it you know it's like how how did george lucas cause cause darth vader to kill people or palpatine to kill people um that's just the way that he made the character the character just acts that way in those in those environments
0: okay so then what is your belief in in hell that does hell exist
1: uh, I, I do believe that hell exists. Yeah. Then,
0: then, then who, who's going there? Like, um, what, what, what are the conditions to be permitted entry to hell?
1: Uh, anybody who hasn't been forgiven for their crimes against God would wind up in hell.
0: But given that you had no choice in the crimes against God, what is there to forgive? Because the whole, the whole point of forgiveness is that you accept responsibility for the things you've done but if you had no responsibility or no, no say in the matter then you can't really you, you can't really be blamed for crimes against god if you had oh, no so,
1: so again you're you're equating choice with free will and i'm saying those are not the same thing uh, you, your choices are caused but they're still choices you made the choice and so you are uh, well no no
0: sorry Tim. if if, 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 you if i if,
1: you did it willfully
0: well, hold on. If 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 I go to Starbucks and I decide that today I want a cappuccino, but tomorrow I want an americano, and then on Sunday I want a, you know, a, a caramel frappe, is that because I chose? You know, tomorrow I want to, you know, I want those drinks, or because again I'm part of God's script?
1: Um, God caused you to choose it, so you chose it. The only way you could choose it is if God caused you to. Everything
0: okay, that we, we said, we we to which 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 then means causes. that. Which then means that my I don't have culpability because the whole no, it doesn't mean that. Well, I think I think well, I, I think it absolves you of culpability because if you had no because the whole reason that we we uh, get people to say sorry and to apologise and that courts enforce punitive damages is because there is a culpabil, culp, culpability element in 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 our actions.
1: Okay, so let's get into the the presuppositional thing here. So yeah, right sure. Now, You're analyzing my worldview using your assumptions, and your assumptions aren't valid in my worldview. (laughs) In my worldview, you are culpable if you disobey God. You don't even have to want to disobey God or to choose to disobey God, Mm -hmm. although we do. In my worldview, we do choose to disobey God. He causes us to choose to disobey Him, but frankly, you can disobey Him without even choosing to do it. You can disobey Him accidentally, and you're still culpable for your crime.
0: That I will agree with, yes. That that's that's so far of the one thing that you've said about free will and choice. <laughs> I will I will agree that we can accidentally sin against. if if God exists and the Bible is is true, then yes, it is possible to sin accidentally against unknowingly against God,
1: and and we're still culpable, um, and, we're still- and, and
0: and still culpable. Yes, yes. I I assume yeah. culpability because culpability comes by choice, and I yeah I think this is where we're going to disagree. Is that yeah you know, I believe we do have choice, and as I said, if I go to Starbucks and and order a cappuccino one day in an Americano than, than a caramel frappe. I believe that's because I've chosen, well hold on, I feel like a caramel frappe on, on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I and, and I agree with you. You have chosen that. God caused you to choose that.
0: So does God put choices does God put choices in their mind like a, like a what would you say, like a lucky dip? Like we we we, re, we reach a hand into a box and we pull out the we pull out the caramel frappuccino card and then the next day we put our hand into the box and pull out the Americano card? Or is uh, it?
1: Well, he has an unchanging plan um, because he doesn't ever change. And his, his well,
0: he, plan—he is... he, he may not change, but that doesn't mean that you know his uh, his choices. Like you know, it is could you not say that life is like a choose your own choose your own adventure? Actually, did you ever read the choose your own adventure books when you were younger?
1: I did. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Me. And and like that, you know, it's um, you know, you had choices that were like obviously predetermined, but you know, there's still, you're still, yeah, you're still railroaded towards a certain end, but you had choices of how you got to that end.
1: Right. So, yeah, again, I would, I would say that God determines the means as well as the ends.
0: Okay. But then let's say psychopaths. And this is one of the sticking points that I've noticed with, uh, uh, there was actually a pastor that I was, uh, um, a, a Baptist pastor that I was, I was chatting to. And he, he basically said that psychopaths don't exist. Yeah, so psychopaths are people who are just um, people who have hardened their own hearts against God And so well no hold on if you look at the neurology, we see that certain parts of their brain don't work. Now we, we know the damage that psychopaths do to people. Is that again something that's in God's script or is that because they had the choice to not the choice to not have empathy or it, the choice was never given to them or, or, or what?
1: Um, I don't don't know enough about about psychopathy or whatever the right term is to to speak to that. Everything Everything that happens is in God's script. Everything that happens is caused by God. Everything that happens is the result of his desire, uh, his causal desire.
0: Okay. So then if everything's caused by God, does God also wear the responsibility?
1: He wears the responsibility in the same way that George Lucas is responsible for Darth Vader cutting off Luke Skywalker's hand.
0: Okay, but we, we know that that is fiction.
1: Right, we're well, we we, fiction to God.
0: Okay, but then th- that doesn't stop us from being, from treating each other with, with, with some sort of respect and, and you know, courtesy. Because I, I could, well I believe I could choose to tell you to, to go get stuffed, to, to use an Australian term, but I wouldn't because I, I care about you. Mm-hmm. Is that part of God's script as well?
1: Yeah, if it happens, it's part of God's script.
0: Okay, but I in, in my I suppose you're going to say oh, it's your worldview, then. But in my worldview, if you are, if you are, how do you say, if you cause something to happen, then you are also responsible. Like if yeah, I yeah. if if I crash my car into a house, I'm responsible for the damage done, which is then I subcontract that to the to the insurance company. Mm-hmm so where is god's insurance company or does god just because in, in my world view we see all these bad things happen but we don't see god taking responsibility like for example um the um, you're probably more than familiar with the catholic church uh child, child abuse scandal that's been going on for decades yeah, yeah. At, at what point did god at like at what point did god say well you know one child's been abused, ten children have been abused, a hundred children have been abused, a thousand, yeah, at what point at what point is enough for God? Or is God is God okay with, you know, numerous countries, numerous priests, numerous parishes, numerous children, you know, undergoing abuse to the point that they take their own lives years years later.
1: Yeah, and I can honestly say I don't know God's perfect plan with respect to you know the future or even the past or mm-hmm. <laughs> the present. No, no, no. But um, I'm just but, saying like, but I don't all of know what... the same, all of the same kinds of questions can be asked with regards to George Lucas. When is George Lucas going to take responsibility for all the evil things that the Emperor did? I mean, George Lucas caused them all, and and is was the Emperor culpable? I mean, I think we all agree that the Emperor was culpable. Like when Darth but, Vader but... kills the Emperor, we're all cheering because he deserved to die, and we're glad to see him dead, even though George Lucas caused it all.
0: Yeah, but we know that, but the things that we know that's I'm just not too sure how far the oh but that we're fiction to God is because unless like I would only agree with you Tim if we had no um how can I say we had no culpability for the for for our actions. If we if we bore no responsibility like let's say um everything in everything in history has happened but then once we die, everyone's in heaven automatically. Like like, like we're having like an after party with, with God. You know, hey, guys, the show's wrapped up. That was a good 6,000 years. You know, you did well, you know. And then, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then like, you know, God takes us over to the next set where there's another universe with another earth playing, you know, playing another, uh, you know, let's say alien history. You know, only under some sort of weird universal salvation does the fact that we're fiction to God make sense. Because then, but, but then if you look at the star Wars analogy, once star Wars ends, star Wars ends. And, and like the people in star Wars only pretend to suffer or we're, we're told that they suffer because the words on the page tells that they're suffering. Like, like when, when Luke Skywalker, Skywalker's hand gets cut off, it's not really being cut off. We're just being told that it's been cut off.
1: So Mark Hamill's uh, hand did not get cut off, but Luke no, Skywalker's exactly. hand got cut off.
0: Well, no, it, it, well, it's re- the story is represented as being cut off, but that's all it is. It's just a, it is just a story. No one's hand got cut off.
1: Well, in, in the story, someone's hand did get cut off. And in our story, Adolf Hitler really tried to take over the world and killed a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in our story, the one that, that God invented in his head. Um,
0: but this is the thing, like when Star Wars ends, Star Wars ends, what happens when our story ends?
1: Uh, that's, that's a great question. I, I don't know all of the details. I mean, um, in, in my worldview, the, the scriptures talk about the new heavens and the new earth, um, and, uh, a thousand year reign of Christ, uh, whether that's in the future or whether that's in the present is, is something that Christians debate, um, but uh, I'm not exactly sure what the future holds. I'm not, uh, it, it doesn't appear as though the scriptures allow for there to be an end of the story. It's just going to keep on going on and on and on, is what it appears as though to me, but uh, um, I could be misreading that.
0: No, um, fair, fair enough. That's, a, and that's an in- in- interesting way of looking at it. Anyway, Tim, it has been almost an hour and a half, and I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Um, I'm going to leave you with a few last. Uh, I'm going to give, give you the opportunity for for last words. So, anything you want to say? Time the, the floor is yours.
1: Wow. Well, thank you. Um, boy, I guess as a Christian, <laughs> I've got to I've got to wrap it up by inviting anybody and everybody uh, who's listening to this who does not know Jesus Christ as their as their personal savior. Um, to devote their lives to Him, to accept His forgiveness for their sins that they've committed against a righteous God, um, and uh, to to follow Him as best as they can. Um, he has offered forgiveness. He has paid the price for your sins, and um, He has invited you to uh, to receive that forgiveness.
0: Thank you very much, Tim. And uh, what we what are you going to do for the next few days for Easter?
1: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go to mass with my wife, who's Roman Catholic, uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, go to my own church, um, on, uh, on Easter Sunday. Double church. That, Yay. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have any, any particular plans.
0: Fair enough. Well, Tim, I, thank you for giving me the last hour and a half of your time. Um, I will see you on Twitter around, around, around the place. And, um, again, I thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on.
0: Have a have a, have a great long weekend.
1: All right. You too. See you. Bye.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe and rate it on whatever platform you find it on, and share it on your social media. Continue the discussion on the discussion post, as well as check out more thought-provoking content over at www.tallfriendlyatheistdad.com. If you wish to be a guest, would like me as a guest on your podcast or platform, or even to be a sponsor head over to the Twitter account for this podcast, at TFADpod. But the best way to support this podcast is to head over to the iTunes bookstore or Google Play and purchase your copy of The Best Religion for the Task at Hand, a response to creationism and why humanism is morally superior to the Bible. You'll be engaged by it. Thank you for listening to the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. Have a great day. Have a great week. See you next time.